but right now we're right in the middle of it. Uh, the the thick of it, if you will, was uh, the Ashes. England won it this week, which was I don't know, it's put me on a bit a bit edgy at the minute. I'm I'm just nervous. There's question marks over the side, so I thought who better to come on our show uh, to settle the nerves, to make peace with it all was the last man to lead Australia to uh, an Ashes victory over in England, and that was John Buchanan, and he joins us. G'day, John. G'day there, Jack and Ross and Joel. Good to be here. Uh, one question from me, John. Um, how do we win in England? How do we wrap this thing up? <laughs> um, well, go back to what they did in the first couple of Test matches, even though uh, I guess we're all sitting on the edge of our seats. But, um, look, I, I still... The key to winning I think for Australia is still the same it, it just they've just got a bat for a long period of time particularly in their first innings um, and I think by doing that then it really throws the onus back on to England uh, to continue to try to set up the game because obviously they're coming from behind and, they're, and they're, they need to win so uh, Australia just needs to bat for a, a long time, but also score runs. Um, you know, as they as they did in um, Hedgebaston and and uh, also to some degree at Lords. So, oh, to me, that's the key. They need about 120 overs, 120 plus overs. Um, you know, it's at uh, it's at Old Trafford, so the ground won't be as fast as Headingley. So, you know, that they'll average maybe three and a half and over, possibly up to four. Um, so they're, they're aiming to score 450 in their first innings and that really throws the game back at England and, and England have really got to make the running from there. John, it was here. Um, just on yourself and, and watching it, how, how do you watch like this series now? Do you watch it as a as a coach, as a fan, or are you really into it? Or <laughs> I, I watch it as a person who likes some sleep. <laughs> 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 so I've, uh, I've managed to get through to lunchtime, although the last game, obviously, I watched uh, to the end. But uh, I generally watch it to lunchtime and then catch up with all the news the next day and the highlights and so on. So, uh, but for all that, you know, it's, it's just been a gripping series, and and uh, and that's you know, obviously, that's great for Test cricket. It's great for cricket all around the world. That there is so much interest in the in the long form of the game, and you know, even though, and, and probably one of the other things we should mention because you were just talking about the Women's World Cup. Uh, is that we've got another gripping series with the women over there as well, you know. So England are doing the same thing. Australia wins the Test match, then England won the two T20s, and so the the score is six four at the moment with three one days coming. So England, you know, are trying to come from behind to snatch the Ashes from the Australian women, and um, of course England are trying to do the same in the men. So both both series. Are, had tremendous support and, and some really exciting cricket being played for both. John, it's Joel here. It's it's sort of natural for everyone to sort of question the, the selection calls. Um, what sort of changes would you make to the side heading into the fourth test? Obviously a must win. Does Warner go to the chopping block? Does Todd Murphy? <laughs> yeah, look, we're, we're all good at selections, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> and we'll all have a view on, on whether the team is right or wrong, but... Um, yeah, look, I mean, Australia's obviously got a couple of things to, to work out there. And, and again, just trying to follow some of the media uh, reports, how accurate they are, who knows. But um, oh, oh, yeah. Murphy, um, 
I think I think should play. I think that adds balance to the side, albeit that it was really inning, really interesting that Cummins only gave him two overs in that uh, last England chase, you know, and that suggested that he he obviously just didn't have the confidence in Murphy because if Lyme was in that side, I could have seen him bowling quite a few overs in that chase. But anyway, so I'll, I'll stick with Murphy. Um, I think Boland would go out because Hazelwood will be back fit and ready to go. Uh, the nine-day break will ensure that Stark and Cummins, um, etc., you know, are all okay to play. So I, I think Hazelwood would definitely come in for Boland. Um, then you've got Condry between uh, Marsh and Greenhall uh, playing both Marsh and Green, but I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, I have a feeling they might want to lean to Marsh and leave Green on the sidelines. He, you know, he hasn't really set the world alight over there. He's made, you know, 84 and four digs and um, hasn't really done too much with the ball. He hasn't bowled a lot as well. So, mind you, his catching is, is something else. Um, and I'm, I'm leaving Warner at the top of the, the order simply because... Um, you know the, the likely replacements in Harris or, or Renshaw uh, to me don't necessarily offer the certainty that they're going to be a better player than what Warner is presenting at the moment. Interestingly, uh, Labuschagne, you know, has only scored about the same amount of runs yeah. as, as Warner, but nobody's really talking about him. Um, but I wouldn't really fiddle with the Australian order that much. I don't think that would be a good move. So Warner, Kawaja, Labuschagne, Smithhead, Marsh, Kerry, uh, uh, Star, Cummins, Hazelwood and Murphy, or Murphy and Hazelwood, something like that to me. Uh, sounds pretty good. I think Murphy needs to play as well. Uh, what have you made of the controversy over the last week or so, the the, the calls and the stumping? What have you made of, of all that? Yeah, uh, way too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you know, like uh, from a, from an England perspective, I, I think that was probably a good thing. It took the heat off uh, some of their poor performances in the uh, in those first two Test matches because I think at different stages um, their batsmen really surrendered their, their wickets was just poor decision making. So it was nice for them to have the heat on Australia even though Australia was leading 2-0 that Australia somehow had uh, contravened the spirit of cricket which in fact they hadn't and in fact you know Besto was really making a schoolboy error in what he did so um, yeah too much made of it but but I mean that's um, part and parcel of this series you know it's, it's brought around more attention more focus more interest more talk more conversations and, and certainly you know when we go to Old Trafford the, the crowd and the Barmy Army will be in high voice once again and I'm not sure if you have seen much of Pat Cummings sort of uh, press conferences but how do you think he's handling himself I think, he, I think he's doing very well considering some of the uh, lines of questioning yeah, no, I think so. I, I, I think, um, you know, that was always a big question mark going into the series that, um, you know, he's there as a captain for the first time and he's there as Australia's, really Australia's lead strike bowler. Um, and, you know, it, it was always shaping up to be a tight series and he's, I think, done very well with the ball. He obviously got us across the line 
um, in that second test match uh, with Ian Lyons putting on that partnership and uh, and then I think overall his captaincy is bigger. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like everybody, everybody's got an opinion about how, you know, a captain's captaining aside and what they would do and what they wouldn't do compared to what is actually happening on the field. But look, overall, I, I think he's managed his troops really well. The Importantly, I think the dressing room seems um, pretty harmonious, you know, and that's not just his doing, that'll be McDonald's doing and some of the senior players as well. So, you know, I, I think all that is... Um, you know, good science for Australia going into these final two test matches. Um, did you think it was a bit of a hiccup by Australia or do you think England is seriously threatening going forward? Um, well, oh, yeah, hard one, to know, hard one to know, but obviously England had to win that game and um, put aside all the, all the physical problems because... You know, that's what I guess England faced. They lost uh, Robinson through the Test match um, because of the bowling lows that he'd had previously. Um, but put aside the physical, uh, I would have thought England would have really been keen to get back out on the field quicker or sooner rather than later. So rather than a nine or ten day turnaround, I, I really think they would have liked to have been back out on the field in, you know, four days' time so that they could really surf off the the momentum, I guess, that they've established in that third test match. Now, with a longer break, everybody's been away, everybody's back fit, um, and it's almost like phase two of a series. So, to me, um, that definitely helps Australia, um, but I wouldn't necessarily back them in because of just the way the series has been going. It's just been ebb and flow and uh, one would be very brave to suggest that one side or the other is going to win at Old Trafford because it's very hard to, to read at the moment. Um, I, I think one of the other things <coughs> excuse me, hopefully from an Australian perspective uh, is that, yeah, Warner uh, gets his head right a little bit, uh, gets his game together a little bit and same for Lavishane and Smith, you know uh, Lavishane really hasn't uh, played all that well through the series, um, got a couple of starts, but but hasn't been able to go on with it. And seems to be quite confused in terms of the way that he wants to go about his game. And Smith, who's you know had a terrific second Test match, hasn't really scored too many runs apart from the, his hundred and his thirty at, at Lords. You know, so his series has yet to take hold and. Hopefully, again, same sort of thing. This little bit of a break will give him the opportunity to, um, yeah, restore his game plan and then put it into action in, in the uh, the fourth Test match. Yes, yes, and which we're all looking forward to. Now, we're also good news for Australia uh, with the England selection of uh, Johnny Bairstow uh, still in the side. So, uh, that, that's uh, that's really good news for us, isn't it? He, he is having a bit of a mare, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yes. He, again, he's, he's been picked on the basis of his batting, obviously, and yet he, he again, has only really shone in, in one innings and, and sacrificed his um, uh, innings in a, in a couple of other uh, um, attempts, you know. So um, he's certainly not by a long shot their best keeper, but in terms of the way that they want to go about playing the game... Uh, he fits the bill coming in at that in that role and being able to attack the bowling. Now he hasn't necessarily done that, but they're, they're sticking strong with him. And um, again, that's probably a good good thing from the English camp that you know they have a way that they want to play and 
they basically believe that the players that they've got are going to be able to deliver that. They do accept the fact that players are going to, you know, get out at different times in different ways, but but that's all part and parcel of of delivering the style of cricket that they want to. So he still fits that bill, uh, but he's certainly an asset to Australia at the moment beyond the sticks. And one last from me, John. Uh, have you had much to do with Brendan McCullum? And, and look, I, I rate him. I, I really enjoyed watching him play and uh, enjoy the way he's coached uh, T20 over here and, 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 and now the test team. Have you had much to do with him? Um. Yes, I obviously coached against him quite a bit and then he was part of uh, Calcutta Night Riders when I was there for the first two seasons and uh, then when I was Director of Cricket New Zealand I had a fair bit to do with him then and um, you know I saw an interesting interview with Kerry O'Keefe a while back um, and he believes that the turning point for McCullum in terms of the way that he coaches and leads was, you know, when Philip Hughes was was struck on the neck and died and being out on the pitch, he just believed, well, there's more life than, you know, winning and losing. It's just about, you know, freeing yourself up and and uh, irrespective of the result, just do what you can do, you know. So so that's that's one that's one view. Well my um view on Brennan is that he's always been a high risk taker uh, when he was a player um, and uh, and certainly when he was a leader uh, when he stood, took over captaincy of um, the New Zealand side and I, you know I think he's brought that mantra into the English dressing room and it's certainly been well accepted by Ben Stokes and uh, a number of the senior players and therefore the, the rest of the camp have, have bought into it in, in some way shape or form um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, high risk can bring high returns, which, which they had done prior to this Ashes series. And certainly that built and has built up a huge expectation from English fans that, you know, the, the, the label that they've given to it as basketball um, will be the right strategy to bring home the Ashes. Um, whether it is or not, uh, not sure, but but what it has done, as we said, it's it's really brought attention back to Test cricket. It's brought attention to the Ashes, and you know that that can only be a good thing for for cricket generally. Whether or not England can continue to play that way, whether other teams will adapt their games to to some form of that, um, who, who knows? But it, it certainly provided uh, another way of. Uh, going about the long form of the game which yeah probably needed a bit of an injection and that's come at the right time yeah. Certainly has. It's made uh, the game much better, unfortunately, uh, for England. Uh, they're actually competitive, which is annoying. Um, but uh, we, we introduced you, John, um, as the last Australian coach uh, to coach Australia to win in England. Uh, will you be disappointed if you lose that, Monica, to, um, to McDonald um, if everything goes according to plan? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, that, that's part of the reason for having records, isn't it? That they're there to set a benchmark and then they're there to be beaten by, you know, other individuals or other teams. So whichever way it goes, it'll be a record. If Australia wins, it'll be a record, uh, as you say, first Australian team since 2001. But if England happened to somehow manage a 3-2 win, then that'll be a record, I think, since 1930 when Bradman's team 
lost uh, the first two test matches and then won from there on. So uh, either way, records are beckoning. All right. And uh, we, we win the Ashes. Just put it at a series. We win these Ashes, yeah? Oh, I think so. I, I, you know, I, right at the right at the outset, I, I was leaning towards England because I just thought, um, you know, their their dressing room and, and the way that they've been playing would give them uh, just enough of an edge. But um, I've, I've I've swung away from them right now and leaning very heavily to Australia. Oh, very good. Very exciting. Hey, John, we'll leave it there, mate. Um, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Um, it's been a real thrill to uh, catch up and talk quicker with you, mate. Good on you, Jack and Joel. It was a pleasure. You're Thanks, a good John. man. Uh, John Buchanan there, uh, the former Australian cricket coach.